Hello, welcome to the special one-year anniversary edition of Some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am always your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about our most anticipated upcoming games. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty simple. We we sit down and, uh, and we start recording and we start talking about games and we've done that every week for a whole year so i'm i don't know i'm proud of me <laughs> are, you, are you proud of yourself mango <laughs> i am and i'm proud of you too buddy <laughs> i'm proud of you too yes pride all around that we can finally finally <laughs> and i'm proud of you too loyal listeners for sticking with us indeed indeed because uh, now i can rub it in anybody's face who said that i it wouldn't last they said it wouldn't last but it has I don't know who they is in that. I don't think a single person has ever told me that they don't expect this podcast yeah, to right. last. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we will be talking uh, just like our first episode was a hype train list of all of the games that were coming out. This episode is going to be a hype train list of all the games that are coming out in 2017 tail end of 2016 is we we always choose a weird time to next do this, but it's yeah, like next six months right like yeah. that's what we were thinking yeah, that, that i think that was our original uh our original standard or like last year that what we used yeah uh, yeah i i honestly don't know some of the release dates of mine i just know that they are upcoming so yeah i apologize if anybody knows you know the specific date on game i won't spoil it and i screwed up but before that i guess we played some DD. we did did we play some D? we, we played play? hell's rebels immediately after we recorded the last oh, episode you're right. we did play Hell's rebels immediately after and we're gonna play Hell's rebels immediately after recording this uh yeah we didn't play rune lords but we did play Hell's rebels uh where which was the invest the where you guys followed the leads right yes and then met, the and then hung out with Got blackmailed by, you know, it's complicated. Baron Rogar. Um, yeah, yeah don't, I don't know how did how did how did you feel? Um, I thought it was a really fun thing. I thought the mechanics were well handled. Um, it caused a lot of uh, tension in the party. Um, if you if you if listeners want to go back and listen to the tail end of that episode, there's a lot of shouting, and screaming between Alaric and Beauregard. Um, where Alaric, uh, leaves, leaves the conversation. It was, it was quite intense. Um, it was, it was, it was a good time. Um, it was so intense that we weren't, we, we weren't sure if, if the player playing Alaric was in character or not. He was, no worries. It was, yeah, but. it was, it was, uh, it was pretty fucking dramatic. Uh, but I loved it. I love that kind of stuff. I love it when that, um. Uh, I love it when that kind of stuff comes out because I think that's where I think that's where Hell's Rebels gets really interesting, right? Because um, when the choices aren't super clear, right, and you are faced with a problem that doesn't have a very linear solution, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan. Yeah, I know, I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, those mechanics in the in the top end of the session, I literally made those like a day or so before I was. I think I was at work the day before, and I was just like. I have no idea how quick or I have no idea how quick or how like 
slow it might take you because i was i just kind of had it in like an abstract version of like oh well this leads to that and this leads to that and that leads to this and this is how they get there kind of thing and then i just kind of thought that that was a little bit uninteresting or whatever i don't know i make a lot of these 11th hour decisions um and so i kind of created that like following leads um i, ma I made that following leads subsystem because I thought it was a little bit more compelling way to get from point A to point B. Yeah. So so I, I thought it was a cool system. I think it might need a little tuning. Like, we can yeah, I'm 100% sure that y y you could have bled into two weeks. I don't, yeah. think I, I, I don't think I toot that well at all. Yeah, we, we, were, we were close to hitting the end of week one with a character who is very good at doing this stuff, right? Like, if, yeah. if, if the party didn't have Beauregard, that would have gone much differently, I feel like. Um, and so, from, like, a... Like, like I feel like these kinds of challenges, you're kind of designing them in a party-agnostic way. You kind of want, like, a, like a, a party with, with a character like Beauregard to be able to kind of get through that relatively quickly and easily to reward that character for, like, for, for building in that way, right? If that's one of the things he's good at. Um, and then you kind of let like a middling party that has some of those skills, but maybe isn't specialized in them kind of hit it on like the timer mark and then have mm -hmm. a party that's completely ignored it kind of blow way past it. Um, and so I think this, this was a little bit too, too difficult, um, in the grand scheme. But then again, this was your first pass at it. Not like, yeah, like I, you know, and, and to be honest, I also think that I answered the question of whether or not bonus rolls take up a slot wrong. I think bonus rolls probably shouldn't, and that would solve the solve the issue. It's, yeah, you know, I think it's, so. it's, 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 it's simultaneously one of those things where I have a tough time because I want I want there to be some you know I want there to be some friction. I want there to be some drama, right? I, like I don't want it to be a sure thing. Um, kind of thing, but uh, I don't know. I also think that you guys kind of lucked out because um, there were there were I think there were like five total like threads of leads, and you guys found two to the completion, right? Um, but that's a you know that there there's a good chance that you're gonna make it out in week one. Uh, but it was also you know you could have gotten two dead end leads, put all of your shit into that, and gotten a little bit wrecked. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea whether or not I'm going to use this system again. It's not one of those things that I think uh, that I think about uh, in terms of may like maybe it'll make sense in the future, and I'll come back to it. But yeah, I, in terms in terms of a challenge kind of tailored to our party, I think it, it hit the mark well. If like if you were, if you were trying to make something that made sense for our party, I think it hit that mark well because we we did hit it at about the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, let Beauregard kind of be like what Beauregard was, and let other people also contribute without it being like. And then the skill monkey does the skill monkey things, while everybody else kind of waits around and taps their watch, and then and then they get to do their part later. Um, yep. Um, I so I I, I think in in that respect it was because uh, it was success, but like if if you wanted to like. If you wanted to, like, uh, generalize the system and make it into a thing that you, like, wrote about, maybe we talked about at some point, I think it would need um, an, an, another couple passes. But uh, I think, I think you know, for, what was it, 48 hours of design, I think it was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> right, yeah. These, the, I, you know, a lot of this stuff, I, I, I should, like, should, like, host a podcast called, like, Shower Design Thoughts. 
Because this <laughs> happens all the time in the shower. I'm just like, you know, thinking, hmm, maybe, you know, like, maybe I should make this into a mechanic, right? Like, a lot of the kind of homebrew-y, you know, weird mechanics that come out of this game are shower mechanics. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah. So, uh, that seems to have covered our tabletop stuff. Um... Did you play anything interesting in video games? Did I play anything interesting? No, I've just been playing fucking World of Warcraft. Like, yeah, I don't. Let's think... be real. Um, the uh, the one thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, wait, did we down Xavius this weekend? We down Xavius this weekend. weekend right? We did. Yeah. And... So as a guild, progression rating, right? We down Xavius. Normal Xavius. Uh, how did how how was that? How did you feel? Um, that felt really great, actually. Um, you know, the, like downing, so downing the, the, like it, it felt like we've been progressing, right? Like we feel like we've made progress every time, even including to this last session, we downed five bosses in, in one night uh, the, the lead ups for, for, uh, mm -hmm. for Emerald Nightmare. And that, that all felt great. Um, I can, all, but I'm, I can see where like, kind of like the seams can start to come out in this kind of thing. Like, um, not that it was bad. But there was uh, th there was a little bit of friction um, when we were discussing what to do for Xavius because a couple of us had cleared it already, and we had slightly differing opinions on how to handle it. Um, and none of those people were the raid leader who had his own stuff based on research. This is a right. little bit of friction there, but ultimately it all worked itself out. Um, but like actually, down in the boss felt really good, right? Like all of that kind of like tension disappeared the moment it hit zero percent. And we, you know, it was a victory, right? Like screams of of, of victory everywhere. It, it was great. Um, yeah, we also did. I think I was tanking. There was a lot of like off specking uh, and uh, and like alternates kind of coming in. That was that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. How did you feel about that being one of one of the you, you tank? Yeah. Right? You know, I you know to be honest, I I'm very comfortable. Uh, I you know, I'm very comfortable doing anything warrior related. I've been playing warriors for you know years and years at this point um i uh uh yeah i have to say that i find tanking very engaging in legion i think that this is such a good you know it, it, this change came across in cataclysm first where they really solved kind of the tanking problem and maybe we should probably have an in-depth episode about you know some of this stuff because um, i remember very vividly what the mechanics of the game were like in wrath of the lich king um and they are so, so different to what, like, you know, the, the being a good tank today uh, compared to being a good tank, uh, you know, five years ago, um, it's, it's really kind of night and day. But I also think um, that, uh, that Xavius was, was a pretty interesting fight. Um, I thought, at first, I kind of thought the, like, the, the empty room it didn't really work for me um but when you know the it, it gets kind of sh closer it's smaller and smaller and it gets very claustrophobic right um and moving too far into the darkness kind of procs these like crazy you know old god tentacles i don't know that that stuff kind of worked for me i guess um yeah i don't know i uh i, I it felt it felt good it felt solid i was i was happy and uh pleased um, that we were able to, I don't know. I, I, I was, I was really pleased that we were able to get it down. Uh, I think we 
uh, on Tuesday, which was yesterday when we raided, um, we actually picked up a ton of people, right? We down Xavius to something like 13 people in the party. Um, but uh, yesterday, we um, we had like 23 or so. So we picked up a lot of people. More people are kind of getting into raiding. I hope more people get into raiding in, you know, the kind of hardcore numbers way that you and I have. Uh, I tested out a new rotation that one day we should talk about that too because that rotation is interesting as fuck. Uh, I tested out a new rotation and really boosted my DPS. Um I think uh, I don't know. I think I think this this these raids have been going pretty well, and I'm really interested to see what it's like moving into heroic content. Yeah, I, I downloaded Mr. Robot. I've been going over my logs and going into combat logs, figuring out where I'm dropping things. Um, just kind of like like you know hone the edges on my DPS. Um, and um, you know, I'm so part part of what's exciting about this to me too is. Um, Fortunately, Windwalker doesn't really have to, like, I don't have to do a lot of spec changing like, or, like, talent optimization um, between most of the content, right? I can kind of roll the same things. So we don't have to learn a couple different sets of things. Like, you have mentioned that on your, I believe it's your arm spec, um, you'd, you'd be running a different set of talents for rating and for Mythic Plus, correct? Uh, yeah, so, yes. In Mythic Plus, I use, um, and this is kind of a homegrown build, um, I use a build... For arms warriors, uh, where I I tweak my talents so that my filler skill, instead of being the single target slam, is the AOE whirlwind. Which means that, and because it's my filler spell, I'm going to be hitting it a lot, obviously, kind of thing. But for Mythic Plus, it just means that my trash DPS goes kind of up and up and up. Because um, arms has a very tough time with an AOE rotation. It's a very single target rotation. Like, unless you use a build that looks uh, that looks like this. This. Um, and then, uh, and then for rating, right, there is this super, there's this incredibly in-depth, but like entirely single target build that's called the focused rage build, um, that has to do with, you know, different rage levels, uh, procs, you know, using, using abilities off the global cooldown. It's, it's, it's some of the most complex rotation I have ever used in... World of Warcraft. I'm trying to think if there's anything that even like remotely compares. Yeah, I don't know. It uh, it it's it's hard. It's rough. I was I was having a really tough time doing mechanic, uh, doing mechanics just because um, I it was so like thought consuming um, to be managing to be managing all of this stuff. Yeah. No. I I I get that. Um. But the, the reason I kind of I bring it up is because, um, you know, part of, like, getting really into this, this stuff and, like, you know, do, doing the kind of analysis you're doing to figure out what's the best build for Mythic Plus, what's the best build for rating, and for me, you know, just kind of, like, honing the edges on, like, where, where I'm dropping combo strikes and what I could be improving my rotations on is that I'm really excited to get, like, a core group together for, for Mythic Plus stuff. Because I think that's got a lot of legs. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, honestly, we had talked about this with a, with a few of our friends on uh, Saturday. We should we should double down on that. Um, <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't been I haven't been looking like super far into the future, but uh, I thought uh, I I think I think moving forward on Mythic Pluses with with a singular group and pushing content in that way is really rewarding. I I agree. And and that the the only kind of like the, the reason I'm, I'm bringing up Mythic Plus in that way is, I am, 
little bit worried, but like I'm, I'm optimistic, but a little bit worried that like, you know, we killed Xavius and then we went to heroic, uh, Nithendra and wiped three times. And not that, that I'm like, you know, I'm not saying, um, that everybody's shit, but like, there's just people that aren't geared yet, um, for that stuff. Yeah. And if we get an influx of a bunch of new people, right, we've got 20 something people, some of which didn't do so great. Um, and as long as we can hold that, that's, that's fine. But I worry, I worry, I don't worry about like, actually, like, I don't mind actually like wiping on content. Mm. What I worry about is the tensions it creates, right? When like, when people start pointing fingers and throwing blame different places, um, if we, if we fail to kind of like, cause, uh, I think you've mentioned this before that like progression is usually a little bit more, is a little bit slow. And we kind of like, we went from like, uh, not so great the first week, and then we downed everything the second week, and now in this third week, we've gotten almost the entire, like, we got all of the opening bosses down in one night. Um, so the next couple days are gonna be, um, ex uh, interesting, to say the least. Like, see what happens tomorrow if we get some of those same people showing up that are well-intentioned, but maybe not the highest performers, and if we clear all of that content on whoever, how we do like, I think wiping a, a couple, uh, a handful of times on Heroic Dithendra is a little bit less um, demoralizing after having beat Xavius. If, like, let's say the entire, like, half the, the, the Thursday raid and, and all the Saturday raid is wiping on Heroic Dithendra, mm -hmm. that, that might, that might um, make tensions high, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, I think that navigating this kind of thing is definitely tough, um, and it's one of those places where you do have to get into um, you know like, look, I'm sorry, but you can't come, right? Um, I'm a little bit afraid of our ability to down uh, some of the you know like even you know like Cenarius and Xavius, if enough people uh, from our kind of carry group. That, that took place yesterday come tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I also want to be in a place where we encourage, we're encouraging players to, like, you know, get good, right? Um, and, uh, and and earn their spot back in, in a raid, even if we've asked them not to kind of come. And I think that that's, uh, I think that that's one of the nice things about flex raiding is because the number of people is, is so dynamic, it allows someone to drop a week, right, and, you know, go over their shit, right, maybe two or three weeks, um, and come back to the raid without, you know, dramatically upsetting the balance of, you know, everything that's going on, uh, compared to where, you know, 25-man or 10-man raids, it's like, you can't just raid with nine people, right? You need that, yeah. that tenth person, um, so. Yeah, but it, it'll be an adventure nonetheless, and when I, when I am... It, you know, it sounds kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm scared or, or, you know, or worried or whatever, but I'm, I am optimistic and I am hopeful that tomorrow and Saturday are just as successful as the past couple of weeks have been. Cause it's, it's a lot of fun. It feels really good. Um, and I got a legendary, so, you know, I feel great. Yeah. I'm, su uh, I'm super fucking jealous. I want a legendary so bad, but I am also like, I am simultaneously, um, like petrified that I'm going to get a shitty one. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, like, if I can get a legendary, um, if I can get, like, one of my good ones, right, I will, uh, I could see, like, gigantic increases in DPS. But if I get a bad legendary, it's just like, geez, you know, like, what? 
I don't know. You just kind of like wait it out, I guess, and keep rolling the dice to get uh, to get your second yeah. one and hope and hope that it's better, right? Uh, there's, except, you know, there, there, except the stats, right? Like the stats are not going to be like an eight ninety five piece of gear. An eight ninety five versus anything you've got, even if you it's not yeah. got great st- secondaries on it. It's like the, it's it's going to outscale stuff. Yeah, um, that's fair. Um, it also is a little bit rough because it feels like crit is on everything, and crit is just a really bad statistic for me. Um, maybe it's you know just uh, I I think the value I I think with some of the balance passes that have happened for arms warriors, the value of certain stats has got it has normalized a little bit. Um, but I do kind of you know it it you know it bugs me to be honest that there is a there is crit, which is my like definitionally worst stat on my artifact weapon, which is like, come on, Blizzard, get your shit together, right? Yeah, what haste? Give me haste, kind of thing. I, I um, I, I feel like a lot of that is 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 uh, like I I feel like the you know the Blizzard doesn't necessarily know or or want these these optimal stat combinations to kind of play out but that's just kind of the, the nature of the game um yeah i think that's true um and uh and and i think i think so i i also think that like while they're like like 5 10 even 15 levels you can have bad stat combinations especially in the more extreme cases i think it's actually a lot closer than people kind of want to admit like your your DPS losses and gains based on based on secondary priorities, um, and I think you know maybe if you have a bunch of bad stats over a bunch of pieces of your gear, you'll start to see a lot of things. But I think for for most people, like a piece of gear with bad secondaries but better primary and better overall eye level will increase effect increases effectiveness in ways that you know like I feel like a lot of these little changes are, are invisible to you anyway unless you're paying super hardcore attention um and i think oh, in a way geez. i mean to a certain extent i guess i agree but i also kind of certain said like really don't i i really feel the difference between having a lot of haste and having a lot of mastery um this is because i use by the way uh, i i have two very common sets right i have my world set which kind of has a mishmash of stats and then i have my dungeon set which is just like mastery on mastery on mastery right i've just stacked mastery out the you know uh the wazoo um and i really feel the difference between those two things because you know uh oh no of them has more haste you know all, all of these kinds of things right um so so i definitely get that what, what i'm more saying is is i believe that you could feel the difference between a lot of mastery and a lot of haste but can you tell the difference between like a fuck ton of mastery and very little haste or a bunch of mastery and some haste. I, I think those differences are a little bit less than people want to admit. Okay, sure. But yeah. Um anything else you want to talk about with video games? Uh so I want to make a little bit of a pledge to, to the to the listeners. Because you've been better about this than I have. Uh, but I have been particularly bad about playing anything else besides WoW since we have gotten back into WoW. And I don't want this to become a WoW podcast. So I am going to play some other games this week. Uh, on my short list are things like The Banner Saga 2. Um, because that's been out for forever and I love the first one. And I, you know, I can't believe I haven't gotten back to it. I also want to do a replay of... Um, uh, uh, I also want to do a replay of... 
uh, why am I, sorry, why am I blanking on this? Um, I want to do a replay of um, uh, Total War Warhammer with some of the new stuff that they've given. Uh, they have new units. They have, they have things called Regiments of Renown, which are like unique single regiments that you can get for some of um for some of the different races uh and i want i want to come back to that game because i also do love that game and i think that it's super awesome and robust and even though i've only i've only put well even though i've put 91 hours into it i think i can uh i think i can get plenty of more uh fun stuff out of uh out of total war warhammer so stay tuned loyal listeners i will i will we will talk about games plural <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Buddy had a bit of a technical problem, but we're back. So, Buddy, continue with what you were saying. You were saying that you vowed to listeners that you would, in fact, play something besides yes. World of Warcraft. Yes? Right. Yes. That was my vow. That was my vow to the listeners because I've been uh, I've been d- d- neglecting uh, my, 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 my duty <laughs> as a derp who plays games. <laughs> To play more than one game, um, so you could you could rest assured I'll, I'll have plenty to talk about, uh, plenty uh, plenty to talk about. In, in the next like little while before we launch into the main topic, I kind of wanted to briefly revisit the games uh, we talked about anticipating last year, um, which um, went through a couple different things. The, the one that pops out in my mind the most is of course Fallout Four because we did a whole oh, episode. Shit. About yeah. that game. Uh, you mean like four episodes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I still, I could still explain some of my problems with Fallout 4. Though I have thought about it, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go give the DLC a try when like the Ultimate Edition comes out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I kind of owe, I don't owe them that, but like maybe I uh, maybe I was too harsh. I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, the, the other one that sticks out to me is Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided. Which came out six months after it. When we talked about it, it was supposed to come out in February. It ended up coming out in August, and neither of us have played it because yep. Legion came out. Yeah, um, that's super true. I also didn't even have it on my computer yet. Um, wow. Yeah, I just haven't gotten around to. I haven't gotten around to it. I guess. But uh, I think that uh, I don't know what else, you know. What else was on our list? You remember what else was on your list? Um. Well, there was Legacy, Total War. Legacy of the Void came out. That was my game of the year last year. Really? Total War came out. Yeah. Don't wait. Right? Wasn't it? Uh I don't remember. I love. I mean, I loved Legacy of the Void. I love all those StarCraft games. I think they're so good. God, I think they're so good. Um, Altanis, I think is his name. The fucking the leader of the. Oh uh, yeah, I do remember. God, this, what yeah. a huge baller! He's so great. Um, anyway. The, uh, what else, what else was Total on? War Warhammer. Total War Warhammer. I was actually a downer on Total War Warhammer, but now I think I like it more than you do. Oh, yeah, I haven't played that much of it. I didn't think it was bad. I just, you know, I played a bit of it, and I played it to a point where it was like, this feels like Total War, and, like, I never got super deep into it. I didn't, like I said, I, I enjoyed the game. I just never got super deep into it. Um, yeah, I basically finished a campaign with all four races, um... I got to, the, you know, I, I literally finished it with, wait, did I get, no, there are five races. Did I do it with all five? Yeah, I guess I did it with all five, actually. Because I did it with Chaos, and, um, you know, I started with Empire, 
Did you ever finish your did. Vampire Counts campaign? I yeah, yeah. The, the Vampire Counts was the last one that I did, and I didn't technically finish it. I just got it to that point where I was God on the map. Nobody could beat me kind of thing, and I was just mopping everything up. Um, and at that point, you're just kind of spamming the end turn button, moving armies around the map. And uh, and that's when Total War gets, like, least interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't think that's actually a fault of the game. Um all that much, like I really don't want to like get the, get against the game uh, in that context. We, we, we've talked about this before. We talked about this in our strategy games episode, where like a lot of games kind of have that like mid game draw, which if if you're winning, it's also lasts all the way to the end game. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think where have I, you know, I'm trying to think how I've seen games deal with that problem or fix that problem, um, which I just you know I I don't have a good answer for that. So, so Stellaris kind of bookends the problem. You still have the mid-games problems, but the kind of late-game uh, like disasters and the uh, and the fallen the fallen uh, uh, utopias or whatever they were. I think those kind of add a lot of late-game challenge that kind of makes the very end game a little bit harder versus versus the um, the the other games in the genre which kind of fall off really hard. Um, once you start to get out of the gate on, like, the more medium difficulties. Um, but I don't think I've seen a game that's really fully successfully solved that problem. Um, I think the closest solution to that problem is, is playing multiplayer, which is uh, which is its own thing. Yeah, and in multiplayer games, people just rage before, uh, before the end. Um, I also <laughs> think that, like... Uh, I also think that, like, uh, e EU and, like, CK2... Um, you for the, the way that the, you kind of get around those problems is you start is if you're very good at the game and you're finding yourself in that position, you just start as a shittier country and you just have more to rail against before you get powerful. Um, I think that works out too, especially, especially given the complexity of that game it also has, you have to play a couple of games before you've really mastered the systems. Whereas with a, with a relatively simpler game, like say Civ, um, I think it's really easy to know what's up very quickly. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, it's definitely true. I don't know. Yeah, what else was uh, what else was on your list? My list. Are there things we're forgetting? There were five of them, I guess. Yeah. No. Uh, let me let me go back into the archive. I have all of these things saved. Apparently, I don't. Never mind. Um, I have I have the episode, but I I don't. I thought I had my note. My I had a little text document with my games in it, but. I don't remember at all. Shows you how much of an impact they made on me. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> games come, games go. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's that's. Like, I think that part of that's like you know, a uh, uh, a kind of like indication too of how successful those games were. Um, the fact wh whether we remember them or not. That's fair. That's true. Um, you know, so there's, there might even be a game on there that I really liked that I just forgot when we mentioned. But it's 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 ultimately unimportant, I think. Um, past these kind of like little points with like you know you're still talking about Total War Warhammer and still wanting more content from that game. We're still talking about the flaws of Fallout Four. Um, mm. And we, and, you know, and you know, in, in the case of mankind divided, it got delayed. Um, so, yeah, I think For Honor might have been on your list, which was also like delayed a whole bunch and shit. Um, but you know, 
Really? No. I thought for, was it? I thought I, I thought it was. I I thought it might have been out too too late. But you know, maybe it was. Um. Anyway, anyway, that's last year. Okay, that's old news. All right. Yes. We look to the future on this podcast. Yes, all the that's, way to the that's, future. That's 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 what our sponsors pay us for. Uh, sponsors like Air <laughs> and. <laughs> the unwise index yeah yeah right you know they, they pay us in nothing but anyway uh, i have i have i have an email somewhere from monic saying that he will give me a sandwich if i plug the unwise index from about six months ago so monica i expect that make sandwich him good. make him good on the hey listen you know better late than never okay better late yeah, than I, never I, I, I think we're <laughs> i think we're owed like 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 a half dozen or so sandwiches at this point that's true we do, we, we do plug them how we even had we even had actually on the cast man how what more cross what was cross pollination cross pollination of podcasts with no listeners anyway what is uh your Jumping into it, 60 minutes left. What is your number five most anticipated game coming out in 2017 slash the rest of 2016 slash six months from now-ish? Um, that will be a Final Fantasy 15. Um, this game, um, I didn't expect to care about this game, right? Like, um, if you had asked me last year at this time if it was on my radar, I would have been like, I, I would have said why, right? Like, it's a fun... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That that was funny. I the, um, you know, I've never been a huge JRPG fan. I've I've liked some tactical versions. Like I love Tactics Advance. It's probably mm-hmm. my favorite single favorite um, Final Fantasy game. But it's never been something that I've been like hyped for. Like you know, it's always been one of those things where like after the fact I might go check it out. Sure. But I think it was at E3 this year, maybe that I saw some footage from 15 or maybe it was, it was TGS. It's not important, but I, I saw some footage from this game and I was like, Oh my God, this game looks so fluid. So great. Um, so different from what I expected, right? Like I, I haven't played a final fantasy mainline game in years. Um, maybe even, uh, you know, decades. Um, but, um, I'm still, I was still like, you know, JRPGs have kind of been evolving to the point past like the menus forever thing and and you know little baby steps but this game looks so much more fluid it looks almost character actionish um and I'm excited for that I'm excited for like um like the characters all look neat they kind of like five guys in a black car road tripping aesthetic really really like uh really gets like like I really get that and it feels it, it sounds really cool and like the animations look really clean um and I think the funniest part of this was this, this this clip that I saw was some live live action of of some PR person playing the game and being very bad at the game, but it still it still looked really cool. Right. So, um, and this is probably also the one that I am most surprised that I am anticipating. Just that it, it it looks really good. It's been a long time in the making, so you know there's always that danger. You know the, the Duke Nukem, uh, forever the uh, the the Half Life Three syndrome, mm-hmm. um, but. I'm hopeful that my expectations aren't too high because I haven't been anticipating it for that long. Um, <laughs> so I will be relatively harder to let down. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, like it's, uh, you know, but how, do, how do you feel about Final Fantasy, buddy? Um, well, so full disclosure, I obviously work at Square, Square Enix. Um, so I don't, 
you know, it's it's one of those things where I don't know if or what I'm allowed to say necessarily yeah, that okay. like break NDA kind of things, but I will say that uh, the sentiment among the GM room, uh, who are by and large, except for me, huge huge Final Fantasy fans, right? Like these people who have played every game multiple times, even the bad ones, right? Uh, and um, I think there's a lot of anticipation about Final Fantasy 15, but I think there's also a lot of worry. Final Fantasy 15 um, is, uh, and, and, you know, this isn't even really something that I think of in terms of, like, you know, from a perspective of this is the company from where I work, but, like, this is how I think I see people talking about it online and stuff like that, um, where this, there's also a kind of hint of caution there just because of how the public reception to Final Fantasy 13 really was um, and kind of came down. And I think, look, I think there's been enough time. I think there's been enough time, right? It's been a while uh, since um, 13 and enough kind of learning has gone on and the environment of games has changed such that we could be in a war. We, 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 we could be in a world where um, it's really gone kind of uh, – it, it's kind of made like a 90-degree turn from like from like 13 and we're going to see just like a new awesome game-changing kind of groundbreaking uh, uh, Final Fantasy game. I think that's 100% possible. I especially think in the context of – in, I, I especially think in the context of, like, open-world kind of RPGs games, right? Like, the soil is rich for that kind of stuff. And if they've learned the right lessons from games like Fallout 4, from games like Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, right? I think we could see, I you know, I, could, I think something, like, truly, truly, like, special could come out of it. It is not on my list, uh, but it is something I am keeping an eye on. Um, not the least of which because, I guess, uh, it's... I, I, you know, I'm not a Final Fantasy guy, so I I would be super down for this to be my first Final Fantasy foray. Yeah. Uh, have, have you even played the game UGM at all? Uh, no comment. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, actually, I guess I do have a comment. Yes, a little bit, but not that much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like, I, I have played a little, like, I, like, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not, like, a huge mainline fan, but... Fourteen is an MMO. It's not a. It's not a Final Fantasy game in in, mm -hmm. in terms of mechanics. Um, yep, definitely. Um, not that there's anything wrong with with either of those genres. Just different. Um, but I don't really have a lot of in depth to say about that. It's just you know, it's really cool looking, and like the coolness alone has kind of like it has sold you on the hype. Yes. Um, Fair enough. What is your number five, buddy? My number five is a game that uh, I just figured out because I was looking for games to fill out this list. My number five is Tyranny, uh, which is going to be the upcoming Obsidian Entertainment game for Paradox. The reason I put Tyranny on this list, um, as I was searching for upcoming games... You know, it's funny, I was looking for a lot of upcoming games, but a lot of the big upcoming games that are coming out, um, you know, things like Gears of War 4, Battlefield 1... COD, uh, whatever it is, Infinity, or whatever, um, 
those games aren't uh i think these are some of like the big big ticket games like last year the big big ticket games were stuff i was really really on board with right um i was really on board with deus ex mankind divided i was really on board with um fallout 4 right um and i think that the i i think that cod and i think that battlefield are kind of occupying that like that super anticipated game um mindset for 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 a lot of people um and i wanted to and i want and so i i was looking at these upcoming release lists and they were all over it and i was like man these you know these are games i'm just kind of not excited for so i started to try and uh parse it a little bit find you know find developers i like find publishers i like and parse out what they're putting out and uh and tyranny is an example of that tyranny is from a game uh a game studio that i have always been a fan of obsidian right these guys made follow new vegas which i think of uh as certainly worthy of kind of the you know the pantheon of great games um i've even played um pillars of eternity which is going to be very similar to this game and i had a tough time with pillars of eternity but i had a tough time with pillars of eternity kind of for like abnormal reasons um because well because of certain things and uh and so i almost kind of feel like i didn't give pillars of eternity its shot and i also don't think uh and and i also love paradox i think paradox are a great publisher i think they're a great kind of um you know maybe i would call paradox like a double a publisher uh because you know the the they they don't compete in the same kind of spaces that like quote unquote AAA publishers like EA and Activision uh, do, and so um, I, I you know I just like that this is a a niche game for a niche audience. Um, for those of you who haven't heard, pa pa uh, Tyranny is a game explicitly about uh, evil characters, right? It's it is a isometric RPG. Uh, like choice-based kind of RPG, but it is about like your rise to you know being a piece of shit. Right? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's it's in the same engine as uh, as as, as uh, Pillars of Eternity, right? Right, and you know, and I, and I have to say, I one of the things that really that really got me about Pillars of uh, Pillars of Eternity lost me, by the way, because I got very far without saving, and then I got into a kind of quagmire. Uh, situation because I made a mistake and um, and this is really kind of on me but like it's one of those things where and then it's like I can't move forward and if I want to go back I have to go like go back over two and a half hours of stuff and it's just like oh fuck that like and yeah. I just never went back to it um, and that's you know and it's honestly, honestly kind of unfair because I really do like the game and I think that there is a lot there and I think that I could really uh, I you know I think that this is a game that I would like if I just kind of hadn't happened to run into this uh idiosyncratic problem so um i'm i instead of you know instead of revisiting pillars and giving it a fair shake i've just decided to you know pay it forward paradox tyranny is uh you know paradox obsidian tyranny is going to be on my list and we're gonna work we're, we're gonna go we're gonna go deep i promise oof uh i'm excited to hear to see if you keep that promise um, fun fact about me <laughs> and Pillars of Eternity is I kickstarted it, forgot I kickstarted it and bought it, and then never played either copy of the game that I had. So you... <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. That's funny. Wow, that is, yep, A+. plus. Well done. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, I don't, so, I'm, ex so, theoretically, I'm excited for Tyranny 2. Um, I'm, 
not put a lot of uh, effort into looking at it, but I'm always happy to see Obsidian do things. They they, they were, I think, formed from the remnants of, of Black Isle, if I'm not mistaken, which, um, along with Bioware, made one of my favorite games of all time in Baldur's Gate. Um, but, uh, um, it, it, I, the only, I don't want to say if I'm worried so much, but I kind of get some of the feeling from the trailer that there's going to be like a good-ish option on that route. And I don't know if that's going to be, if that's going to ruin the game or not. Like the kind of like road to, because the game opens and everything's already fucked. Right. Um, and so I, I feel like it looks like there might be like a road to redemption kind of arc. Um, and that can work, but I think the danger with those kinds of things, the danger that you have in any game with, with the morality system is, mm -hmm. is one decision becomes the right decision. Um, and then, you know, it, it gets kind of less fun from there, but it'll probably, you know, I, I have no direct evidence of that. There's just like a feeling I got from the trailer. Um, right. Um, so I, given that I have not played any Pillars of Eternity, um, how do you feel about the, like it, it's, it's system, right? Like, like the, it, it was, I, I know it was supposed to kind of be like rooted in, in tabletop, uh, kind of roots, but with steps to make it feel less awkward for, uh, uh, for, for a video game sitting, like what, one of the things that I don't think ever translated well into Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights was the traditional D and D style system of, uh, of preparing spells, um, I think works well for a tabletop game because it's kind of session based and you put rests in the right place and you, you kind of refresh your power and that's all yeah, kind of like hand waved. You know, I, I didn't have a tough, I didn't have a super tough time, uh, with the game. I was, you know, I, I hear that it's really difficult, but I also kind of didn't get far enough. I think okay. in order to actually see how difficult it could be. Um, so full disclosure, uh, I think so I think another thing that lost me about pillars so, okay uh yeah so I think a thing that lost me a little bit about pillars right and, and it loses me in other of these games kind of games too divinity um, uh, is in uh, is an example um, is I think. The lack of sound, it's just kind of got ambiance and music. There isn't voice acting. There's a little bit of voice acting, I guess. Um, but that kind of bothers me it, to a certain extent. It, it keeps me unengaged. Like, there's a certain amount of, like, engagement to the material that I'm lacking. I think a good example of this, by the way, would probably be, you know, like, the, the journey through playing, you know warlords of draenor versus the journey through playing legion in legion there's a lot of voice activated lines right even just little tiny ones right you show up in an area to do a random world quest right and like kick fish into the river and you get you know and, and a character that you've met before that, whose voice that you've heard before gives you know two or three sentences just like oh man these fucking drag bar or whatever go kick these fish into the river right and that and that really that works for me i think that's great um and Pillars of Eternity and uh, uh, Divinity, which are two very similar games that came out back-to-back. -back. Divinity, fun fact, fun fact, I ruined my playthrough because I accidentally attacked a quest giver after not saving for a super long period of time. So that's why I dropped that game. I'm sensing um, a theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, uh, and so that's a little bit how those games have lost me, I guess. Um, 
if that makes sense is that you know the sound design is not as engaging as it otherwise uh is as it otherwise could be and maybe if i had gotten uh uh you know i this sounds a little entitled but maybe if i had gotten voice acted lines um i would have been able to i don't know uh maybe i would have stuck with it a little bit more sounds to me like what you really need is a quick save button uh well you know no, I'm just giving you shit, but yeah, that too. no, no, that that that, <laughs> that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, it makes a lot of sense. You even kind of given your, your your specific problem, right? Like going back through and like listening to well acted voice lines can make kind of that replay less painful. Um, if you have to do it, um, mm-hmm. not that you know, not that it excuses your poor saving behavior, young man. Um, but you know, remember to save kids. Lives depend on it. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I feel like that that's a weird kind of problem with, with RPGs is, you know, is, you know, you're free to save whenever you want, but, like, if you forget, the penalty can be so harsh. I mean, I, like, I, I feel like as much as, you know, when I initially saw it, I thought it was a little bit burdensome. The way that kind of, like, uh, like the Elder Scrolls games or Fallout does it, where you get an autosave every time you do a, an area transition it's kind of great to me because it always guarantees there's there's like it's not so long before before something you've got some sort of automatic backup even even if it you know maybe isn't as far back as you would like to undo your destructive behavior but i, I think that's a you good know, me- median to be honest i will say you know to be honest i will say that i also think that a part of this is a little bit of like save scumming um quick save quick load is I think I, 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 we might have to have like a more fuller episode. I think we've already talked a lot about save scumming. I have a very tough time with save scumming because part of me thinks, oh, it's a mechanic that you should take advantage of if you want to be good. But I also think that it's not. I also don't think that they, it's not a good mechanic that promotes mastery. It's kind of cheating. Um, I don't know. I, I have a, uh, I have a tough time. Uh, I have a tough time with it. Maybe there's an Iron Man mode that I could have been playing on. Maybe I need to say, set up saves auto saves I, I i don't i don't really know i just remember it being a huge problem for me um part, part of it too is also like first pers- like you don't need an iron man mode if you're willing to keep to your decisions i guess mm-hmm. um but i do understand kind of the 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 allure of saves going i i think we could we could we could probably do a whole episode maybe not on saves going in particular but on, on these kinds of like metagamey pieces um but uh i think we've kind of where we're kind of talking outside the actual game at this point. And so I'm going to ask you, what is your number four choice? Uh, I actually switched up my number four choice at the last second because it just occurred to me on in the middle of the podcast that I have a number four that uh, I hadn't I hadn't seen. My number four choice is Injustice Gods Among Us 2. Ooh, a fighting game. A fighting game. But not for the fighting. A little bit for the fighting. I think I, you know, uh, but... Because Injustice Gods Among Us 1 was really fucking good. Uh, I actually bought, I actually just recently bought Injustice Gods Among Us 1. It was when I was, uh, you know, earlier in the cast, listeners, see if you can, uh, you know, point it out. I was looking through my Steam library, I guess, for st- just like for stuff. And I ended up saying Total Warhammer, but I saw Injustice Gods Among Us there. I was like, holy shit, I should play Injustice Gods Among Us again. I remember buying it because it was on like Super Sale or whatever. Um 
And I, uh, I don't know. I really, you know, I, I love Injustice Gods Among Us one because it's kind of got almost the platonic ideal of. Um, so can I ask you a quick question about this? Sure. When you say Injustice Gods Among Us is really good, I assume like StarCraft, you mean for the single player experience and not for the generalized multiplayer. Yeah, experience. I have no idea, zero clue what the multiplayer is like. I'm talking solely about the single player. We've actually talked about Injustice Gods Among Us too on the cast before, um, and I don't mind rehashing some of those points because they're they're uh, you know uh, a little bit far gone. I think this must have been in our E3 episode. Yeah. But we, you know, um, in, so Injustice Gods Among Us 2 has kind of like a loot system. Um, and one of the ways that I kind of described it, you know, the, my favorite fighting game of all time probably has to be Soul Calibur 2. And Soul Calibur 2 has has a has a mode that we had talked about um, where, you know, you, you move through a series of matches, but it's a very dynamic kind of like questing mode where you unlock equipment um, and stuff like There's that. There's a world and map. I, yeah, there's a world map. I want to see that same kind of thing come out in Injustice Gods Among Us 2. Um, I'm very excited to see what the loot system has to offer because I think it could be really cool. It could be just really, really cool. Um, also, obviously, it's playing around in the DC universe, which I love. Uh, Aquaman is a is a headlining character. Uh, he, I think he was part of the release trailer. It was like Aquaman, Superman, Batman, maybe Supergirl. Uh, and Atrocitus, another headlining, ah, oh, great character, DC Comics. Anybody who's read um, the Red Lantern solo series, Atrocitus is like, like pensive and, uh, you know, kind of depressed soliloquies about vengeance are like Shakespearean. I love them. They're so good. He's such a great character. Um, and so, and so I'm, I'm really just excited to see where, uh, where they're going to take it. Right. The injustice brand has spawned, uh, you know, years and years of a comics miniseries that has just been, it's like, it's funny because they keep calling it a miniseries, but it keeps getting renewed over and over again. We're in like Injustice year six or something, which would take um, place after the game, right? The, the game is like year four, right? Yeah, it is, uh, it is, yeah, it is a, uh, it's, yeah, it's got a lot, uh, it's, it's got a lot going for it. It, um, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm excited to see it, I'm gonna buy it. This is one of those games that, uh, like, that I am the worst kind of customer for, because I feel like I'm gonna buy it at 60 bucks, I'm gonna play it, it's gonna take me 10, 12 hours to do the single player, and then I'm never gonna touch it again, but I'm also 10, probably 10, 10, not 12 gonna... hours, are you kidding me? It's gonna take you, like... Five, I don't know. Probably less than that. It took me a couple of days to get through the original Injustice really? when I got that. I actually rented that one on the 360, and I don't quite know what I was doing with the rest of my time. So it's very possible that it, you know, I didn't actually spend as much time as I think on it. But I don't know. I really liked. I just, I don't know. I am totally fine with shelling out uh, big bucks if you're gonna give me, if you're gonna give me, uh, you know, a, a juicy steak of a story to bite down on. Don't disappoint me, WB, another nether realm. Uh, yeah, so you know, injustice. I for injustice like from from a more fighting game perspective, injustice one is cool. Um, I never got really big into that scene because it's, it's it's Mortal Kombat style inputs, and uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of those. Um, also, like the the grappler was just was Grundy, and I didn't like him that much. Um, that was the grappler, really? Jeez, wow. I didn't yeah, I, I don't think there was anybody else that really acted like grappler. I, I the only DLC character I played was Lobo, so um, I don't think anybody else played really grapplery. Um, but uh, that aside, um, 
you are you are correct in, in, in you, you are correct in, in in a kind of a way that you I, I suspect that you don't know um for like the story stuff injustice really kind of set the tone for modern fighting games to need to have as like as little as they are or like as as short as they can be to have like a real and like meaty story mode and by meaty i don't necessarily mean like long long but i mean like you know things happen right like in 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 all the previous fighting games it was like there's a fighting tournament and things happen and everybody kind of pieces together the lore because they're obsessive and they like look at things and they like right and you know half the matches are non-canon because somebody actually it, it's 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 a whole mess if you want to try and read street fighter lore it's all fucking garbage and ridiculous um but starting with injustice we go from injustice and then we get mortal Kombat. um mkx um gives you like you know, a, a real story to it, and this forces Street Fighter Five to have a real story mode, and that's crazy. And so, and you know, personally, I think that Injustice, I think, still has done it the best of of the three of those. Um, just because I don't think, uh, like, Street Fighter Five is is always kind of like whatever, and MKX's lore is all screwed up. Like, there's like a time rewind at seven, I think that redefines the entire, like, the, like it's kind of like a, a universe reset that then goes forward again. It's, it's, it's a whole weird mess. You know, I have to say, I honestly think it's just because they, uh, it's just because they stuck it in the DC universe. Like, no, I absolutely agree. Like having a real established fictional universe to draw on makes it, makes it so good, right? Like I'm not a huge comic book fan. And on top of that, I'm, if I'm anything, I'm more Marvel than I am DC. And, you know, even I kind of, like, understood what was going on when you show up in the alternate universe and Nightwing is Damian Wayne instead of, um, it's Dick Grayson in the, in the main universe, right? Or in, in the real yeah. universe, right? Y yep. Um, and I, I thought, like, even little touches like that were, 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 were incredible. Um, you know, and I also, I also think that it, it helps because, like, um, you know, with fighting games, they are very ensemble games, right? Obviously, you right. have to be able to kind of play as anyone... Um, which means that if you're going to do a story mode, you have to pick up and drop characters all the time, right? At the drop, you know, at the drop of a hat, you need to be able to pick a character up uh, and kind of get him. And I think that that's something that's a little bit a tall order for certain games, certain fighting games like Mortal Kombat, right? Like, you know, I, I don't, you know, I just don't have a good sense on who the different characters are. Street Fighter, you know, what, what really, what is the difference between... Ryu you know, and Ken. Ken yeah, yeah, Ken and Ryu, right? Like, what, what makes those characters different, right? But even though, you know, Nightwing and Batman play differently, because they're kind of piggybacking on the general kind of cultural osmosis the, of, like, you know, like, maybe you've seen Teen Titans. Maybe you saw Batman the Animated Series. Maybe you've read, you know, like, a certain smattering, smattering of comics in the late 90s or the mid 2000s, right? Like, it, it can, you know, like, Sinestro... You know, I there's a, somebody out there who must have been like, Sinestro, where do I know that name? Oh, right, you know, he's in Super Friends, right? Like, that kind of thing, right? Um, and I think that it, because it can kind of, like, get a leg up on introducing you to all of these characters and having you know who these characters are so that you can just kind of dr drag it, you know, like, you know, tag team in and out on, on who you're fighting as and who you're fighting against. It just allows you to be super deft, I think, Um moving moving through the story which is like a huge huge advantage I, I also think it helps that like 
um, you know, that, that there, that there are these established stories to, to kind of run with, like, like beyond just the cultural osmosis, right? Like the fact that like the, the Damian Wayne, Dick Grayson thing is like an established thing already, like really gives you a leg up. Whereas, you know, I can tell you the difference between Ken and Ryu. Initially it was colors. And, you know, as it went on, <laughs> as it went on, like, you know, Ken's, Ken's an, uh, an American with a wife and a kid who's a little bit more laid back. And Ryu's like the obsessed fighter, obsessed with uh, honing his craft. Um, and he's Japanese, um, but their characters are really shallow because no one ever demanded that they have a real story. Um, I don't think a lot of people, I think, I think people view story as kind of more of a, a luxury with fighting games. And I think in the modern age, it's gotten enough of like a fought, like, you know, I think the modern age has enough people who played Street Fighter 2 as a kid that they'd be mm -hmm. interested in a Ryu story as an adult. Um, and because of that, there's kind of, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, there's a lot of backstory, but a lot of it's very, like, boring and samey. Like, Ryu fought in a tournament, and he won. Ryu fought in a tournament, and he didn't win. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's, like, it's that true. for, like, 20 years. Whereas, like, there's, like, a near-infinite amount of, like, Batman to go f go go with, right? Like, yep. um, and I think that all kind of... Let's injustice be something something special in that way. Um, on the other hand, something I am worried like so. I think the loot system um, sounds really cool, but I am worried about how this affects the game as a multiplayer game because it's a fighting game and fighting games with 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 meaningful loot because the loot isn't just cosmetic. It's also got like stat effects on them, and I am very I am. I'm curious to see how they handle it, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to go with, like, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I, you know, I have to say, uh, obviously, the um, uh, World of Warcraft is another PvP game with a loot system. They have been grappling with how to do loot in PvP in World of Warcraft for years. It's not an easy question uh, to answer. And it is very possible to me that it could make multiplayer just god-awful, right? Um, I think maybe the best way that you do it is kind of a, like, um, you know, uh, like a slot almost system of, like, Maybe you could have, like, one epic item, two rare items, and the rest filled with, like, uncommons or something like that, right? And you only have a certain number of slots um, that you can... You know what I mean? But, like, so that you can guarantee that everybody is, like, coming into the match on equal footing. Um, maybe this will make a thing where it's, like, uh, you know, maybe it will make a thing where it's, like... Atrocitus loves armor penetration, and so, you, you know, somebody with all armor penetration items is going to, like, shrek you if you have just kind of all-purpose items. But, I, but I see, to me, that is items in, in, in a multiplayer system, like, working, right? Um, I think that there should be a bit of a progression, right? It's just a matter of, like, you should not have to do the fundamental thing that you used to have to do for a long time, which is... Um, in, in World of Warcraft, which is throw yourself against kind of this brick wall of way better geared players until you have ground out enough gear that you can actually be competitive. Yeah. Um, I, I think the other thing I'm worried about, like the, the, the thing I see more likely happening with this is 
games being played like just the, the way you play the game is without any equipment um which is a shame because it looks like they're putting a lot of effort into this into this gearing system yeah. um i think there's also room for a world that you're talking about but i think i think the biggest problem is just the way fighting games are played right like you can't have um like for for general purpose offense you can't or or, uh, or or like play like couch play you can't have a mode where all the gear is just unlocked because then it kind of defeats the purpose of the system but you kind of need that for like a tournament right like you, know, you need to be able to, to to pick from everything um and i think that that like even you even if you made that tournament mode the disparity between the couch and the tournament is going to mean that the tournaments are going to default to no equipment um but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, you know, I also think it might just be unlock everything. That's what it's like for tournaments with World of Warcraft, right? If you want to, like, participate in PvP tournaments, you get on the tournament realm and you're given the best gear, right? So um, so I think the issue with, with, with that is WoW is played, I think, primarily in, in the internet realm. Um, whereas, like... like there are the, the way fighting games are played. I don't think like your local barcade is going to get one of those unlock editions, and I think because of that, you're not going to have like your people are going to default to playing with no gear to, to have to have fair footing. But th 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 that's a real world issue. We'll, we'll, we'll see how they handle it. Yeah, um, uh, we've spent enough time on uh, <laughs> on Justice Gods Among Us too. Uh, would you care to enlighten us? As to my number four, yes. um, that would be Dishonored 2. Ah, that's my number two. Ooh. Wow, yeah. I'm surprised that you've got... You, as I recall, liked Dishonored 1 a lot less than I did. Uh, yeah, I, no, okay, no, that's... No, that's not true, all right? Uh, uh, I think Dishonored... Me. I like Dishonored 2 a lot, I think... Or Dishonored, fuck. I think I like Dishonored a lot, right? This is one of those things that kind of, like, became, like, a weird meme... Uh, I guess after Dishonored came out, uh, I think there are places to be critical of Dishonored, right? But at the end of the at the end of the day, it's still a great game, right? To me, Dishonored is an A minus game with a couple of you know, like they're like glaring, but they don't they're not like big flaws. Oh, right? I, I, I get you know? that. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Um, for instance, um, the, the one that I typically go to um, is that I think the relationship between Emily, uh, the the daughter, um, who is heavily implied, by the way, to be your fucking daughter, um, and and Corvo is just not, is not well handled enough. Um, and uh, so, so there's kind of like, this is, the, the, so, and so, you don't feel the the kind of connection between these two characters. Um, it, you know, it came out right around the time that The Walking Dead was like a gigantic game with Lee and Clementine. And I think that comparison is a little bit unfair because those two games budget their time so insanely differently. But it's one of those things where, you know, Lee and Clementine obviously had like a father-daughter relationship that you were invested in and could empathize with. And you are supposed to, that was the goal um, of the of the Emily relationship, and she was supposed to be a metric for how good slash evil you are being, right? If you are choosing to be an evil piece of shit, right? Um, in in Dishonored, um, you uh, 
you see that manifested in Emily reflecting your own evil back to you. But that always fell flat to me because I didn't have much of a relationship with Emily in the first place, right? You interact with her for like three minutes when you go back to the hub zone, which is kind of boring and un uninteresting anyway. So it's kind of like a why bother thing. So that, you know, but, but like I said, right. So that's, that's the big one. And then the other one to me was that um, the stealth gameplay was... Un, it was not very interesting, and the um, really you you felt uh, that it was the uninteresting. Killing, the killing gameplay was super interesting. Well, so not not uninteresting, right? Um, the self gameplay was good if like straightforward, but at some point in the middle of a mission, I guess I kind of like ended up having to kill some people. I was like, well, fuck it, you know. I first of all, I know how the you know the morality meter of this works, and I know I've already tanked the mission, so I'm just gonna end up killing people for the rest of the mission. And I ended up found it finding out that I had way more fun just murdering everyone because the systems that they gave you um in order to kill people are actually super cool and dynamic. Uh and they and there's a lot of kind of um you know, it's 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 a lot of like hitting, throwing a throwing a bucket of super bouncy balls in like a racquetball court, and just like watching the chaos unfold. That's what like you know, killing people's systems in uh, in in Dishonored. That that felt super cool and super rewarding. Whereas like you know, uh, uh, the the stealth system was just kind of like playing a game of racquetball. It's like, well, you know, I I I'm definitely engaged. I'm definitely with it. Uh, but it's kind of boring in comparison to that other one, right? Um, so, and, and so these, and so, and like I said, man, really, this is, the, this is not a, a Fallout 4 where I, my, my opinion of the game is like hardcore tanked or whatever. These are just like little things. I think some of the gender politics in the game are off. I think the morality meter isn't quite perfect. Uh, yeah, the, the morality uh, meter stuff, isn't stuff like really that. a morality meter. It's a like lethality meter, which... Yeah. And I also think that if you actually, like, if you actually engage with the game on a philosophical level, you come up to some really, like, it is, to the game's ethics, right, it is better to, to like, it's better to send, you know, this woman whose only fault, it seems, seems to be her sexual promiscuity, by the way, to, uh, it's, it's, you give her to the clearly creepy stalker who basically says he's going to rape her for the rest of her life, right? How on earth is that better than murdering her, right? Like, come on, game. Uh, I, you know... I don't want to. I don't want to hold that too against the game, right? Uh, I think that you know, uh, that's a little bit unfair in a. Uh, oh yeah, like. like the, but 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 my point I, is I think right. Even if if you, yeah. if you you know, there's a bunch of those situations. Like, there's the one where like you cut the dude's tongue out and you send him to the salt mines for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like oh, right. Good job, right. You know, yeah. hard labor until you die is better. I don't know. I think it's very much a uh, – that game has very much a black and the endless void of the universe morality. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that's kind of how how it plays. But, yeah. uh, but you know, well, I also – look. Sorry, go ahead. I also – you know, but I also think that a lot of that game works. Fucking Dowd or whatever, the character who is basically evil Corvo, by the way um, – uh, 
I man, all of that stuff for me really works with like the outsider and stuff. The fact that the heart that you use to like track shit um, is the uh, is the murdered queen. Yeah, that's a spoiler alert for people who haven't. Uh, that's not even really a spoiler. That's like a that's like a you know uh, a kind of like deep dive into the lore. If you actually piece together some of the quotes that she's saying, it's pretty clear that that it's. Uh, I thought that was fairly was. explicit at some point. Uh, fair enough. It's one of those things where it's kind of like I, I felt good about myself for catching it. Oh, okay. Um, and I haven't seen people. Also, don't didn't I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody that noticed it really besides me. So maybe it was more explicit. Maybe I'm being. Uh, maybe I'm you know thinking too highly. Yeah. I also haven't played the game in a long time. <laughs> I kind of want to play it yeah. before the new one comes out. Um, speaking of which, um, I've actually kind of intentionally kept myself in the dark about this. I don't want really want a lot spoiled, but the thing I do know is you get to play as either the daughter or as Corvo. I'm not sure if it's separate missions or the same missions, but if you're given the choice, you know, do you, you have an idea of which one you're going to play as? Uh, I'm probably going to play as Corvo, but um, I am really interested to do them almost back to back. I, I, um, I agree, actually. What, what are the See, that, that, this is one of the reasons it's actually so high because the fact that Emily is a playable character and she's up there and kind of on par and equal with Corvo, I think, is almost a signaling um, that like they are going to or looking into solving this problem um, that uh, that I had where the kind of Emily Corvo relationship was not super well defined, and so I am really, really, really hoping that we will be able to uh, uh, flesh that out in the uh uh in in the kind of context of the game um and so one of the things that i really loved about dishonored one is just how wide the game was i have i've um my, my kind of like 10 word review of the game was something like you know the game is very wide but not very long um and i always kind of wanted to go back and play through some of the all even the alternate stealth routes um in in the game but it's just something i, ne I never ended up doing and i think that playing a different character um, while also opening up a different set of routes, while also kind of provide the incentive to go back and do it, especially if they got little tasty lore bits hanging off the side. Yeah, you know, I you know I'm 100 with you. Yeah, I also think to a certain extent, um, it's a little bit um, like. I think Deus Ex is the better of the two games, and they came out kind of back-to-back, -back, not really two years apart, but um, they really occupy that same kind of space. And um, I think that, uh, by the way, the director's cut of Deus Ex, maybe Deus Ex kind of like the release version wasn't necessarily as good. Um, but I think that uh, we have... You know, I, I, I think that we will see a version of Dishonored um, that has kind of learned how to do stealth, we, you know, because there's been a, there's been a lot of time between Dishonored one um, and uh, di uh, Dishonored two, right? Metal Gear Solid, uh, uh, the Thief game that came out wasn't all that great and everything, right? But but like there there've been a lot of stealth games. I think there's there's a lot for them to kind of pick up on. Um, I I hope I am. I hope to God that they have uh, that they have addressed some of these things because if they do, I think we could really be looking at like you know one of those kind of classic, um, you know, original sequel interactions, kind of like Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Two, or like Assassin's Creed One and Assassin's Creed Two, where the first game is good, but right, but like uh, the second one is like amazing just by iterating rather than you know like doing doing like big upending the bucket innovations um so that's what i'm looking forward to i'm hoping i'm hoping that that's the kind of game that it falls into yeah no absolutely me too but we're, we're running up against 
a little bit of the edge of our time. So, what's your number three? Uh, yeah, I guess we are running up against the edge of our time. This might be a two-parter. Um, my number three is Civilization Six. That is uh, my number one. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Civilization Six is a little bit lower on this list uh, than I might have originally put it. And uh, and the reason that it is, to be honest with you, um. One of it is a little bit salt because I really liked Beyond Earth. You know, I've talked about this in the cast. I went back to Beyond Earth after that first expansion and it really, really picked up and it super sucks that they're not, you know, sticking with that one. I think it really could have kind of gotten into the stratosphere with um, uh, with the next, with, with like a, just a little bit more uh, meat on its bones. Um, and, uh, and also, since, I guess, since kind of Civilization V, um, I have become a more advanced strategy player you know, uh, you, as soon as you crack, you know, as soon as you crack kind of that hundred hours mark on, on Europa Universalis, I think you get to kind of like wear like a hardcore kind of strategy title. Um, and civilization feels a little bit like, you know, uh, this is going to sound meaner than I mean it, but like baby's first strategy game in that context a little bit. Um, uh, and so I'm interested and trusting that this will be good right phyraxis has no reason to lead me wrong uh and i definitely think that they'll that they'll be able to to make it but i wonder i guess um if it will be truly groundbreaking um that said all of the stuff that i have seen all of the you know what i've seen people talking about it um having 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 said uh i've watched a little bit of kind of like the videos about you know um, how, how some of these new systems work and all of that stuff is remarkably positive, right? So there's a part of me that wants to kind of be like an elitist dick about it and say, oh, well, you know, Europa Universalis is the best strategy game ever. How are you going to be able to beat that kind of thing? Um, but there's a part of me that I cannot deny what is playing in front of my face, um, which are super solid mechanics, uh, a really interesting iteration on the formula, a change to some of the base aesthetics that I think are going to uh, that I think are really going to work for me. I don't know. That's my that's my take. Yeah, it's my hot. Take. So it's it's my number one because it's taking that established and, and wonderful Civ formula, and you know maybe it is kind of like a baby's first Civ or strategy game. But that's, like, I feel only really true when you're playing by yourself. I've got a long history of playing these games with my friends. And, um, you know, fair enough. I actually don't have that history. And, and like, that's where that's where the real game begins, right? Like, um, <laughs> I played a, a bunch of Civ Four, and I thought I was hot shit because I could stomp that shit on Prince. And then one of my, my freshman year hallmates, two of my freshman year hallmates, were like, we should play a multiplayer game. And then... It was like the two of us, like it was like two of us were kind of like coming out of single player, and then one of us was a you know apparently a long time multiplayer grognard, and we take our turns and take like five minutes apiece, and then he'd be spending like twenty minutes. We're like, "What are you doing, Danny?" And we walk over. And he's like micromanaging every decision, getting every little last hammer out of everything, and that that is how you end up crushing your friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I am super excited, not only for like kind of the, the multiplayer aspect, but just, like, the things they've done to make some of those, like, more, like, edgeline cheese strategies a little bit less dominant and make the game a little bit fuller. I think the district system looks really cool. Um, I know I know you had your apprehensions about it 
initially because we, we both played Endless Legend, I believe it was, and it yes. wasn't as good. It wasn't that great in that in that system, but I think they look. It looks really good here. I'm super excited for um a, like kind of like a, a lot of the maturation, I guess, of a lot of the classic systems. Like I think diplomacy and trade and religion have really been fleshed out. Um, uh. I, uh, kind of, um, from what I've seen, I've watched Quill 18, I've watched some Total Biscuit, and um, from what I've seen, I'm going to echo Total Biscuit sentiment, which is like, this feels like the first Civ game in a long time that doesn't feel like it took two steps back to put that, to put stuff in the expansion, right? Like, yeah, yeah, 1000% yes. I think that's one of the things that has impressed me about uh, everything that I've seen so far. Yeah, it's, um, and I'm super excited, like, the leaders are all super super neat they, they went, went with some different choices for them they just kind of revealed today that there's going to be multiple leaders per faction which is something i loved from sif 4 and was kind of yep, they just released sif 5. queen queen gorgo is going to be a second leader uh with uh pericles for greece Tra oh pericles oh trajan is rome right yeah, trajan um, is rome, with yes. yeah with pericles for rome actually you know i have to say i really like that they are switching up uh that they're switching up the leaders and making the leaders a little bit like you know teddy roosevelt is a really interesting choice i think uh um, to be to be a leader for for the U.S., I think it opens up a lot of great DLC op opportunities, right? I would probably, you know, I could play. I would love to play Civ Six as any one of the you know the forty four U.S. presidents, right? I would love to play an Obama run. I would love to play you know a, a James Polk run. I would love to play uh, a you Donald know, Trump I would love run. To, <laughs> uh, no. uh, I would love to play a uh, yeah. I would love to play a Donald Trump run just so that I could just like sit there and like destroy my you know like destroy my cities over and over again. Um, I I, I would love to play. Uh, I would love to play some of you know like lesser known uh, or more interesting leaders right out kind you know like out 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 and about in the world who who you might not normally uh, uh, like like Trajan. Normally... Trajan is a much lesser known Roman. Roman Emperor. Yeah, you know, um, well, yeah, exactly, right? Like, you know, look, I I love Julius Caesar. I'll, I'll, I'd love coming back to uh, to Julius. I would love to play a Cincinnatus run. I would love to play a run um, as uh, 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 Scipio uh, Scipio Africanus, right? Um, I you know, I I don't know. I think I think that there's a lot of just really cool stuff you can get when you dig into that history, and I am interested uh, to to see how how the game. Uh, accommodates multiple leaders, right? Because I think, you know, look, if you, to, to like, accentuate this, right, the, the, I'm trying to think of a good example, um, the, the Queen Elizabeth the first run versus the Winston Churchill run, those, you know, those characters must have entirely different mechanics, right? Uh, and so I, it really, it really kind of ups the replayability in a way that, uh, in, in a, in a, in a, in a new, in a new and interesting, uh, way, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm excited for, uh, hopefully they'll include the Civ 4 feature of unlocking leaders from civilizations because playing, like, uh, Teddy Roosevelt of the Japanese would be something that I think would be a lot of fun, even if it's not the most balanced. I always kind of love those kind of mismatches in uh, in Civ Four games, but I think the most important thing, actually, about Civ Six, is you know, I don't think every anybody will ever top um, will ever top uh, Leonard Nimoy in Civ Four. Oprah was, I think, it was Oprah in Civ Five. She was all right. Oprah? But no, wait, no, it wasn't Oprah. It was. Uh... Hold on. Uh, it, was a fam it was a famous guy. 
I thought I thought Oprah did one of them. Did she? Um, it was Leonard Nimoy for Sif for Spock, um, and he he's hands down the best. Um, I can still hear ringing in my ears. Um, the meek shall inherit the earth, but not its mineral rights. Um, but uh, you know, Sean Bean is doing Civ Six, and it's amazing. So you know, on on the uh, quote reading uh, front, the the, <laughs> the guy uh, who it is is a guy named William Morgan Shepard. Um, the reason I know this is because he has a small, small. He he's done he's done a little bit of voice work, but he did some voice work in Young Justice, uh, a movie I love. But he also has a small role in uh, Mad Men, and I remember hearing his voice and being like, "Wait, what?" Like because it was exactly you know like it was one of those things where he was so iconic as that Civ Five uh, as that Civ Five narrator. But um, huh. who was that? I must have been thinking of like something else then because I'm totally off. I thought she voiced something like that. Maybe maybe it was like that that Planet Earth series or something. That she narrated, but anyway, Sean anyway. Bean's great. Good, I'm, I'm glad that's to hear important. it. I, you know, I love Sean Bean. Um, so I guess we've kind of come to the edge of our uh, at the edge of our time. Do, should we make a two parter? Should we go one more? I don't know. What do you? Um, uh... Well, so so I know that we share one of them. Um, so so we are the... actually entirely done with my list except for my number one. I can say that. Um, because oh, Civ Six is my number three, and then Dishonored was my number two. Your number one's For Honor, right? No, no. My, okay. my number one is something different. Oh, oh, yes, I know exactly. It's something one. obvious. What, what, How did you not realize what my number one is? I wonder if the listeners out there can guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can guess, if you can guess, listeners, you get a good job point. It's Batman versus Superman. God um, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, so, um, huh. I don't know if we can do – so, so the the last three then are my, – my number three is Titanfall 2 and my number two is For Honor and your number one is? Mass Effect Andromeda, surprising literally no one, um, I'm sure. And so, I don't know. I feel like we, we kind of should cut it here, but I also don't think we can do a whole full episode – on. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a grab bag next week. We'll do these three and then kind of fill in. Uh, you know, we'll vamp. We'll vamp for time <laughs> um, because you know we've even in this episode we've talked a lot a bit about little miniature uh, concepts um, and, and and mechanics. Uh, well, that, I also uh, know yeah. that we both wanted to give an honorable mention to the Skyrim re-release. That's true because so, fucking Skyrim is like one of the greatest games of all time. So I, I think I think we're safe to kind of here. <laughs> um, we'll. Uh, uh, look forward to that next time, dear listeners. If unintentional, you, yeah, unintentional part two. <laughs> um, if you want to um, f- uh, email us, tell us why you are mad that your favorite game is in the top five. You can email us at somederpsplaygames at gmail.com. You can watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash somederpsplaygames where we play D&D mostly and nothing else. Um, we You can like us on SoundCloud and iTunes and the Google Store and leave us comments and we'll love you forever. Um and I think that's about it. There'll be links in the description to everything. Buddy, did you have anything that you wanted to pimp? Nope. I just want to pimp out each and every one of you loyal li- listeners. Uh, wait, shit. No, that didn't come out right. Well, whatever. Thank you for listening is my point. To you another my to horse. another year of some derps talk about <laughs> yes, games. Yes, to another year of some derps talk about games and movies and television sometimes. Uh, until next time, dear listeners. Farewell, loyal listeners.